0: What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. And we spent the previous two weekends (laughs) watching the previous two films, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Did I get them all right? You did.
1: You got them all right this time, which is impressive.
0: (laughs) we just took a 30-year journey Mm -hmm. over the last three weekends of a film. And that was... I. I think my first time seeing mm-hmm. them as
1: far as I know. Yes.
0: Um, I think that I might have watched the first one when you were in grads, sc- when we were in yes, grad school that's and you entirely were possible. writing about it in your thesis. I did.
1: There is, there is a footnote about Bill and Ted in my thesis. Hmm. Um, not much more than a footnote, but it is there.
0: <laughs> I thought it was more than a footnote with the amount that you've talked about. No, I just film. really like Bill and
1: Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> So it was an opportunity yeah. to be able to bring it into my academic work when I was able to footnote it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So this is our first take full of spoilers, mm-hmm. which is more important for the third one because it just came out. Yes. Um,
1: it's available on VOD and select theaters, apparently. Don't yeah, go to the movie theaters. But
0: it's it's like what they're doing with new releases on demand. It's like $30 yeah. to get... Um, yeah.
1: Although you can buy all three for I think it was twenty five bucks to get all three or thirty five to get all three get on Apple on Apple TV it's on Apple
0: TV. So yeah, first, well, I guess my first impression. Yeah, I want I want to hear
1: your impression. Kevin's my,
0: thought about it. before. I have I have, and... I have
1: thoughts about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey and new interesting thoughts about Face the Music. <laughs> Good.
0: Well, do you want to talk about your attachment or your
1: nostalgia factor? Yeah, I think think it's nostalgia. You know, this is definitely a movie that I got, you know, in the video store back in the blockbuster days. And it's one of those movies that I don't even know, like, how I discovered it. It was just sort of always in my past at a certain Mm -hmm. amount. Um, It was, uh, you know, the first thing I ever saw that used a phone booth for time travel. Uh, the second being Doctor Who, although Doctor Who did it first. Oh. <laughs> but it was the first But one in I your ever life saw. that yeah. was the order. And I mean it's I I think there is something unbelievably wholesome about the characters of Bill and Ted mm-hmm. that is really hard to find in a lot of protagonists in film. Mm-hmm. Um because they are, a couple gay slurs aside in the first two movies, just generally very wholesome dudes. They're, yeah. they're, they're dense. They're not really aware of the world around them necessarily. They take everything at face value. But they also, like, celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I like Bill and Ted a lot. and I'm, I'm Really, the, the strongest spot in my heart is for Excellent Adventure, the sort of first one. Um, which I own on DVD somewhere around here. Um, whereas Bogus Journey, I'd seen a few times, um, but didn't have quite the same attachment to it in the way that I can quote lots of excellent adventure.
0: Yes. And then watching it, I was like, oh, I know that quote. I know that quote. <laughs> okay. It was like watching Scott, Scott Pilgrim Holgram again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. This is where some of Kevin's lexicon yes. comes from. Yes.
1: Formative movie in that sort of a way for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we talked about how since this is my first time, we think mm-hmm. seeing first them, ish, first ish that I remember. Uh, that the nostalgia factor is hard to like replicate because I know you have such a nostalgia mm-hmm. for for the the films, and um, so it's kind of like when someone really really wants you to see this movie that they yes. love, and you never can quite get it in the same. Oh yeah. Experience. Yeah. So we're talking about like Goonies for mm-hmm. you Was that I grew up with the Goonies.
1: And I did not. And um, so my first experience with was did like, not live yeah, up. It was
0: okay. Right. It okay. was fine. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's not the contextual experience of yeah. of growing or, up. Or you know, whenever,
1: whenever you meet someone who's like I've never seen Star Wars and like and so like, many people want to go I want you I want to show you Star Wars. I want to bring you Star Wars. You're never going to
0: have the experience of love of Star Wars. No. Well, it's way. funny
1: cuz I knew a guy um who was roughly my age, uh, when I worked at a previous job, who had never seen Star Wars and was forced to watch Star Wars by one of my Star Wars loving friends in like a fun way, like it wasn't like you have to sit down. And watch. He's like, we should watch Star Wars, uh, and he liked the prequels more than the original trilogy. <laughs> and they were and... like, no, <laughs> that was wrong. Mad fan. No, <laughs> you can't like things you like. You have to like things I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that, yes, and that's and that is something that I I fully go into. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and bogus journey knowing that there is a a firm rose colored glass over the experience um that, that is is comforting and fun and and like slipping on a pair of old boots mm-hmm. to kick around for a while yeah.
0: yeah well do you want to we we decided to take this kind of a Star Wars Approach. Yeah. We're going to watch all three <laughs> films and then do one podcast yeah. on them, as we did for the uh, latest Star, Star Wars Warses. trilogy. Yes. So, do you want to go one at a time, or do you just want to talk about it as a whole? Well, let's
1: let's talk about it through the lens of face the music. And I mean, if you want to share like what your experience was watching these three in a very short period of time, and watching Keanu Reeves aged thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of surreal. It is real surreal. Part of me it's like,
0: well, maybe we should watch the first two, and in 30 years, we watch <laughs> the third one. I, I could
1: wait three weeks to watch it. I couldn't wait 30 years. <laughs> okay. I'd already done that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, what did, enough. what did you think? What were your initial impressions of all of them, or any of them?
0: I I think I enjoyed them more mm-hmm. than um I thought I would, and I can point to some specific reasons um, that will will uh, probably talk about in in the course of of the films um i didn't laugh nearly as much as you do but that's also like par for the course i don't laugh in general
1: that's not uncommon smile
0: at things but i'm not the
1: classic oh that's funny
0: yeah i can
1: acknowledge that that is a funny thing that happened
0: um but yeah kevin was laughing out loud Uh, even in face the music too because the first two i was like he has a he knows the jokes attachment. are coming. Yes,
1: yes. So, no, I laughed a lot in Face the Music, absolutely. Because uh-huh. um, I think it was funny. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, so I was surprised. I was surprised at kind of... I, I, I think one of the reasons I liked them more was the level of acting I wasn't expecting. Mm. Um, and I was trying to write about it in the first two where... Um, I mean, these are not... Academy Award-winning performances <laughs> by by any yes. um, measure. They're not, um, like, amazing, but I felt like the acting, for, especially from um, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves' as Bill and Ted, respectively, mm-hmm. was coming from such a sincere place. Like, as an actor, they were really believing their given circumstances and, yeah. like, approaching... Um, the characters from kind of like a more grounded position, even though the characters are not grounded at all, Um, (laughs) instead of playing the stereotype. Yes. And I was expecting just like the Valley girl in Uh male form stereotype. Yeah.
1: Well, I think about this, and that's an interesting thing, So I think about it in terms of like, or in comparison to um, Dude, Where's My Car? Which I think very much leans into some of that stereotypiness Mm -hmm. in a way that Bill and Ted does not and i like dude where's my car a lot too it is a dumb silly movie but i i laugh at dude where's my car i appreciate bill and ted yeah <laughs> if that makes sense
0: but yeah yeah it's good.
1: yeah and i think i think that is very true and i think i think that it speaks of at least in Keanu Reeves' case, the fact that like he's always been a good actor, like mm-hmm. he's known what he's doing, and he became a megastar, you know, Matrixy roughly, um, but everyone was always kind of joking, like, oh, he's that guy that says whoa, like that's that's what he's known for. And while he does, like, he's also bringing a lot to the table in yep. those roles. Yep. Uh, it's not just Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves in the same way that mm, late period Jack Nicholson doesn't always bring much to his roles
0: that's an odd choice do you mean Jack Nicholson
1: I don't know do I I don't know who do I mean
0: I'm not sure but I think you're talking about the type of actor who you go see that film and they're playing their role I
1: am that may not be like like a Jennifer
0: Aniston to me she's always Jennifer Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise those are good examples those are
1: probably better examples um, (laughs) Jack Nicholson was just the first name that popped into my head
0: (laughs) I'm not sure the last thing uh, that I saw him in in like the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, you guys haven't been doing all his
1: acting, so that's fair. Um,
0: Um, Yeah, so they're bringing something. Yeah, they're bringing sincere. They're they're bringing that sincerity that deep down they're um, they're very aloof but ultimately pretty kind Mm -hmm. and like the you know be excellent and party on is like from a. A kind place, again, minus the, the gay stars in the yeah. first
1: two. Just a little jarring don't age well.
0: Uh you know, they didn't they didn't age well. Um yeah. I think I haven't given Keanu Reeves enough credit as an actor mm-hmm. for for uh, I don't know, his whole career. Yeah, we need to
1: watch uh, My Private Idaho, which was of a similar period to Bill and Ted and is is a more I think is commonly seen as a more complex Keanu Reeves role. <laughs> Um, although apparently he's real good in uh, the Shakespeare he was in too. Oh, Much Ado was
0: yeah, he? Yeah, he was
1: in Much Ado um, as one of the ancillary villains.
0: He was one of the prince's, yeah, hence the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I
1: dissect Keanu Reeves' filmography right here.
0: Um. So just as kind of a villain is always a hero in their own story, and that's where the best like acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, villain portrayals come from yeah this is like they were the hero in their own story but um but in their own world
1: yes (laughs) i mean they did have you know the entire fate of all existence sort of at their fingertips but
0: (laughs) well it didn't quite become clear until the third one that it was the fate of all existence that was that was very true rufus establishes in in uh the first one that they unify the yeah. world through their... The stakes um, were, were
1: raised a little bit by the end. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So they needed a reason for the, the third movie to be such a big yes. deal for them to write the song. Yes. That they hadn't written yet.
1: Yeah, which I think was fine. I I think, despite being a fairly heavily plotted series, like, there is a lot of plot in all of the movies, mm-hmm. Um, it's not the sort of plot that you take too seriously.
0: No. No, You accept the
1: given circumstances and then just go with it.
0: The through line through all three is uh, Bill and Ted are supposed to write this song that kind of saves the world, unifies the world. And in each one, they have an obstacle to get over Mm -hmm. in order to... In the process of doing that. To do that. And to solve the obstacle involves um, time travel, kind of in the second one, which has to go through going through hell and getting back... To Earth, but there still is some time travel. There is still some
1: time travel. Uh,
0: in, involved. Um,
1: yeah, I could confidently say that all three of them are time travel movies.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. Those, so I did like that. I And I did appreciate the films. Um, but I wrote after the first one, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, that this is the epitome of cishet white men... <laughs> Failing up into success, <laughs> <laughs> and then I I checked marked that in the second one. I was like, um, yep. And Still so the true. third one, they kind of addressed that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. I, oh, oh. <laughs> I I a wasn't expecting that." Years. Um, Saint Keanu Reeves kind of has a complicated racial background, yes. but but he reads as white. Yes. So,
1: um, um, there's yeah the the character of. Ted Theodore Logan is definitely white and that and there's very little complication of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh but even as we get to the, the third one where they haven't had the wild success, you mm-hmm. know, they haven't lived up to kind of their destiny and their
1: their own expectations. Um, their own
0: expectations they've still landed in a very comfortable middle class yes. existence. <laughs> um so, yeah, even though They didn't... Their dreams didn't come true...
1: They still turned out okay.
0: <laughs> so successful,
1: yeah. Although I'm pretty sure most of that money came from their wives, the princesses, right?
0: Because they were the ones uh, with some of the real talent, the actual yes. talent. Were the the wives and I were... the second uh, movie that's kind of established that the, the the at the that time the girlfriends. Yes. Uh, have more talent and yes, um, and can still, play their instruments and are like just better at life in general. <laughs> uh, and there's no acknowledgement. Of that in the second film, to me, of, of like giving, mm. in terms of like agency, yes, um, they are still very much the the girlfriends. Yeah. Um. So. I was. Surprised, except I was initially just real mad because uh, in the third one, so the, the girlfriends who could become the wives are, are from, the fourteen hundreds. They time-traveled mm-hmm. forward. Um, but the actors are so much younger. Yeah,
1: I was real I, grumpy I was about like, that. I was they're like, both
0: in their early 40s. They, just, they would have been children when yeah. um, the first two films yeah, came how, out. How and old is
1: Jamie Mays?
0: She's 41, I think. I just looked it yeah, up.
1: she's 41. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So I, And that's such a typical Hollywood thing is to yeah. cast the wives girlfriends Mm -hmm. um so much younger
1: yeah well it's funny i I didn't realize um and to be fair these two characters are mostly non-entities in all three films like they do not have a lot of characterization no Um, uh
0: not a lot of development they're just kind of there they're clearly more clever They're and as i said just good at life yeah successful
1: yeah so yeah Um, keanu reeves is 15 years older than jamon mays so that's not a surprise um in terms of hollywood casting um but they were different actresses in all three movies Mm. it was not the same actresses i I noticed i recognized jama mays from glee yeah that's how i know her um and i was like that that wasn't jama mays in the in no because she was a child in 1992 yeah yeah Yeah. when in the last one came out um so yeah, that was that was a little weird only because like when they first introduce at the start of Face the Music, Bill and Ted and they're like, our wives and our childs. Um and I had to pause for a moment in my brain and say, Wait, which one's the kid?
0: Yeah. No, well when I had watched the trailer because I had seen Jamie Mays and the other actor, and I can't remember what her name is, um the other wife Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And- Sitting with them yes. in the trailer, I thought those were the daughters in oh. the trailer, and I was like, mm, "That's weird. They're a little bit older than the daughters." They daughter would be a little bit be. older
1: than the daughters should be.
0: I was not expecting <laughs> wives at all.
1: Yeah, that was that was a bit of a of an unexpected. So I was not choice. set up
0: well for the uh, anything changing in this kind of, like I said, this narrative of these guys failing Mm -hmm. upwards.
1: Yeah. Uh. But there was a bit of that. And and that's you know, that's sort of the face the music that they had to do is sort of realize that they can't just fail their way upwards. Um and arguably they don't. But
0: well the world is saved.
1: Yeah. Not really because of anything they did though. (laughs) Sort of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I do think they would be given more credit
1: Sure, absolutely. They were. <laughs> yeah. The whole future the thought whole, it
0: was <laughs> Yeah, thought it was them.
1: They were given all the credit, yeah. which is what caused the first two movies.
0: <laughs> okay, thought. thought. So I wrote down my thoughts this time, but that, yeah. that has not helped me um, grab them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the third movie, this is the real spoilers, so yes. turn off now if you don't want the spoilers is that, uh, it's really th- their daughters mm-hmm. who, uh, save the world, save the world. Um, and I thought the two actors who played the daughters were doing again, like great, imp- like performances of those two yes. performances yeah. earlier. They were amazing. Um, their, their bodies mm-hmm. were just,
1: they felt like Bill and Ted's kids. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes, they which is got all the like hard gestures yeah. and the yeah. the vocalisms and yeah,
1: the, um, the subtleties of mm-hmm. of what doesn't appear to be a subtle role at first blush. Like you could easily go ridiculous with it and and not doing that, mm-hmm.
0: and and still playing it from kind of a sincere, mm-hmm. a sincere. They really want to help. Yeah. They really love their uh, their parents. I mean, I assume they love their moms because we don't. Uh, like in fact I don't even think this would pass the Bechdel test um
1: it would be close it, <sighs> I'm, not saying, I'm not
0: it would be a, it would be one of those movies like where you're you like T- T- technically it does yeah. but the whole uh, thing is around helping Bill, Bill and, and Ted Ed. yes um
1: um yeah, no. It would not be a, an easy pass. I go like, of course, yes, because yeah. Even yeah. even when little Bill and Ted, uh, Fia and Billy, Billy, yeah, um, are doing stuff, it's all definitely towards the goal of helping their dads. Yes, yeah. and the movie's called Bill and Ted Face the Music, so we we expect that it's about them, and it is. <laughs> um, it doesn't complicate that too much.
0: Right. Yeah. So the big twist is the future interpreted the information incorrectly, and it wasn't actually Bill and Ted, but their yeah, their, their daughters progeny. The, who would who would save
1: the world. Yeah. Uh. I do think this movie has a really fascinating relationship like that that brings in a fascinating relationship with how history works but like even in the utopian future where everything 's fine, like we still have inconsistent records of stuff we 're still a lot of interpretation we don 't know everything like the act of writing history is an active engaging process, yeah. <laughs> even when you have time travel when you have the ability to travel back in time, you still don't have 100 percent perfect knowledge
0: <laughs> yeah and i i was thinking in the first one the way that they address history that they because that, they see they keep saying and in, in the first one they will go back in history to because they're trying they they have to go back in history in order to pass their high school history exam so that ted isn't sent to military school, mm-hmm. um, and they will have the chance to, to write this song yes. together. So they go back to history, quote unquote, to gather <laughs> information to pass this test. Yes. And I kept going in my head, mm, no, they're going back to the past. You can't go back to history. <laughs> history is the narrative of the past. You can't, yeah, you cannot go back. Um, That is not what history is. Yes. It's Mahomes with the... With history
1: is the, 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 the current... Writing of the narrative, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, mm-hmm. of the things, and then I was uh, I was also playing a long um, game of okay, is this it, this seems obvious to me now, but um but I was I was having the mind exercise. Okay, is this modernist perspective on history postmodern? because it could <laughs> be postmodern and kind of like a pastiche, and you put all these. Historical figures together and in weird ways. And I was like, no, this is definitely modernist because it thinks that you can just pluck a historical (laughs) figure out of the context and
1: puts them back in. And if you
0: got them all to talk to each other, they will ultimately come with the answer. And that is the ultimate. (laughs) modernist take on human knowledge yes, absolutely. and destiny. Yes. So I figured that one out. <laughs> Good.
1: You solved it. I solved it. <laughs> Although I will say there is a certain Pomo pastiche, and particularly an excellent adventure in the shopping mall, when you bring a bunch of history's greatest people mm-hmm. to, for uh, value greatest, to the 1980s shopping, shopping mall. mall. That is, that is a perfect sequence, I think, in the film. Um, and it uh, just, so much of it is really good
0: right that's the uh that's the only kind of the first film was the only time we have the the um figures from the past I'm calling them historical they're historical figures because we've given them weight in history mm-hmm. um interact with the present mm hmm um, and it's not just in the shopping mall. There are some other... Yeah, well, other, you know, the Napoleon goes the to Waterloo. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon goes to the, the water park called Waterloo. Um, and, yeah, imagining how they would interact with these. Joan of Arc leads an aerobics exercise yeah. class. Um, Beethoven finds the piano store yeah. and rocks out. <laughs> um, Freud is is fascinated by phallic objects.
1: Yes. <laughs> The corn dog like that is a subtle joke for for what it is yes. for being a joke about a corn dog just having freud walking around the shopping mall just holding a corn dog
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and it also goes erect and it goes flaccid yeah at, like different oh yeah moments in time
1: just oh so good
0: <laughs> uh these are places where it's like smarter uh than you think
1: that um, I thought it yes. would be. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, in this one, you don't have the the great musicians really interacting with the present mm-hmm. so much. So it's not.
1: Yeah. I um, think. So I think that's kind of a result of. And I was thinking about this as I was watching it. Like, this is the first, so to speak, Bill and Ted movie that has a B plot. Because um, you're following Reeves and Winters. And then you're also following Thea and Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, in their parallel journeys and mm-hmm. still the majority of the time is spent with bill and ted but it gives us the opportunity to bounce back and forth between those do the meanwhile back at the ranch sort of situation mm-hmm. um, and to me that felt like it didn't give the movie quite as much room to breathe that i mm-hmm. think one and two had mm-hmm. um because there is a a Fairly strong narrative sequence in the first two movies. You know everything, even though yes, we we die and then we go to hell and then we go to heaven and we bounce around. Like all of that is, um, narratively driven. Like A follows B follows C. Like those are the sorts of things that that happen because of that. And we never really leave Bill and Ted's perspective except for the occasional jump outside of that. Um, which I think gave them some more time in an hour and a half run time of a movie to play a little bit. Uh, this one it felt a little bit like we had to hit some of these moments. We had to well, we've gotta travel through time. We've gotta have a parallel journey for little Bill and Ted to go on and collect mm-hmm. historical figures. that's what happened in the first one. And it's still all strongly motivated. I'm not I I don't think it was a bad choice, but I think it it made the film tighter. Yeah. In terms of like narrative efficiency
0: that is interesting they don't have those moments to play with the uh the journeys that they're going on yes and the people that they meet mm-hmm. and collect although they i do i think that um bill and ted side of it had a lot of time to play with meeting their future selves yes and interacting that with that's true selves. but
1: i think i think that's so in the you know, if I was going to one line summarize Bill and Ted movies, like the one line summary of the first one is collecting historical figures from the past, like action figures. The second one is Bill and Ted die. And this one is Bill and Ted meet their future selves. Like that is the log line of the film. And so I think you have to have some of that um, in a way that you don't necessarily with the B plot of uh, Billy and Theo. Yes. Um, but yes, I Really enjoyed them talking to themselves. (laughs) The various versions of future Bill and future Ted.
0: Different versions and how how differently your life can go. Yes. At different points in your life, you can kind of become slightly different or completely different Mm -hmm. people um, in that. So, yeah, it was fun to see kind of their progression Mm -hmm. um, of... Their possible future.
1: Yeah, where, where things are going or could be going mm-hmm. and why that would be bad. And how do we stop that? Um, which is interesting because generally, narratively speaking, the Bill and Ted movies, particularly the first one, but I think the second one too, work on a fairly fixed time loop system of time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it
0: was kind of like one timeline yes
1: one timeline and we can move to different points in it but it's more or less fixed Um, the things like remember the trash can you know as long as I remember to come back later and plant my dad's keys over here Mm -hmm. they're going to be here well they are here so I did that
0: which which was one of the strongest narrative elements of them failing up is they could go to the future (laughs) to give themselves the tools for the past Yes, and that's how whiteness works (laughs) Only it's it, we give ourselves the tools in the past to yeah. help our future selves.
1: Um, that's deep, Amy. That's
0: that's that's how white privilege works. Yeah, and that's that's what I saw happening.
1: I, yeah, no, I get it. That's that's a really fascinating read of that of of being. You know, well, we're going to succeed in the future, so that we so we can give ourselves the tools to make sure that we do. In a very literal sense, you mm-hmm. know, literalizing that that well, metaphorical—they're yeah.
0: cheating. Yeah, <laughs> it's a totally cheating time, <laughs> and that's where I was. That's yeah. where I was going. Yeah. As long as you to remember that. to
1: do it later, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, now, and, an interesting thing about that this this film, and again, inverting that to a certain extent, they try to cheat again by going to the future rather than having their future selves bring it back mm-hmm. um, to steal the song from the future which is interesting um I don't, I, you know, I don't know what there is there but so
0: the thing you're going with a singular timeline in the first yes, two. And i think this they one subvert is more that in this quantum
1: one. yes
0: entanglement
1: yes um because i think we see a variety of possible futures however in each of the futures future bill and future ted remember being there as their past selves mm-hmm. Um, which was established in the previous ones that anytime they met a future version of themselves, they, they recalled that experience. Um, But yes, this felt a little more quantum entangly, And I think what it really, like if I wanted to justify it dramaturgically, something that the first film established pretty clearly Is the time in San Dimas is always moving forward? Mm -hmm. That's why you got to wind your watch. You got to check your check your time. You know that that creates a a temporal tension. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, That you, Bill and Ted don't have forever to go back in time and pick up the and -hmm. pick up this information. Yes, they they have a set. They got a deadline. Then you're taking your exam.
1: Yeah, and I think that you could say well the version of time travel is actually located at a, at a temporal nexus of san Dimas, california whenever bill and ted are and everything else around that is flexible but they become this sort of central point as the time travelers that that becomes a, a home node and so if they return to that they can make additional changes to change the future and only see potential futures when they travel in which then justifies why the future looks different in the in two different movies but that, again, is, is more late-stage justification than anything else, but it's fun to think about. Uh,
0: well, I also wonder, uh, I think that quantum physics has entered the popular consciousness. Now, not a, not a real understanding of <laughs> yeah. quantum physics, yes. but, like, uh, this imagined...
1: Parallel timeline, you know, right. multiverse. Uh,
0: the two particles can exist at once. When you yes. look at the particle, that's when it comes into existence in one place, mm-hmm. and, like... Um, yeah. None of us without PhDs <laughs> in <quantum> uh, physics. <laughs> have any
1: <Yeah>. business trying <laughs> to figure
0: out but it's, it's more yes, I, I it uh, is it
1: is a part of the cultural lexicon in a way that it maybe wasn't in nineteen eighties. Yeah. yeah. I think that's valid. That's,
0: that's kind of the evolution of sci fi. My
1: favorite joke in this movie is Kid Cudi explaining quantum realities to people. That's just a good joke. It's funny. 'Cause Which, you don't expect it. <laughs> it.
0: well, but it to me that is so much of like the twenty twenty ness of it yes. that um I I wouldn't have read the same way to an audience in the like late eighties, early nineties.
1: Mm-hmm. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Um
0: based on also the sci fi I've read from that era. From pre in twentieth century sci fi. Yeah. They weren't dealing with time um in a quantum.
1: Yeah. They had different ways of dealing with it in time travel and stuff. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'll go back to notes. What other thoughts did you have?
0: All right. Well, going back to Kid Cudi and the musicians that they pick up, mm-hmm. um, I think... So one of the things that's, that's modernizing it into the current like conversations that we're having is having the daughters save the world, but this time they have to go back and get... Um, important musicians to history Mm -hmm. in the historical development of music. Um, Some of them are made up. I guess Grom is really the the made up Grom is the
1: most made up. (laughs) Grom is the most made
0: up. Uh, So they go back to, uh, they they pick up um, Mozart, they pick up Jimi Hendrix, they pick up Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Grom is... Uh,
1: African, Prehistoric drummer.
0: I'm gonna go back to that. Um, <laughs> then an uh, 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 ancient Chinese flautist, mm-hmm. uh, ancient 2500 BC, which I don't know is if it's based on a real. Uh, yeah, um, I don't set know either. Music.
1: I would I would suspect probably, but I don't know.
0: Um, and Kid Cuddy. So a uh, large part of the message here is. That they we the Earth is saved by uh, these musicians who are predominantly black. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a big change.
1: Yeah, and they, and it's not really mentioned or commented on. It's just like, well, these are clearly the greatest musicians of all time. Um, <laughs> yes, Ling Lun is a legendary founder of music in ancient China. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: music history is not my
1: no not even a little bit forte (laughs) i'm surprised i knew who mozart was um
0: of things so um mozart is the only kind of western canonical Mm -hmm. um musician Mm -hmm. that so this is an important like this is so, so important because so much of black music has been appropriated by white musicians yes and completely that history has been completely separated um and unacknowledged mm-hmm. as well. So, and, and lots of popular music. In popular music, yeah. kind of in the popular consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Elvis is. didn't do anything
1: new. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, but we give him, you know, we, a hegemonic society <laughs> thinks of him as the, like the, the, well, he's the king of rock and roll, but the yeah. founder yeah. Of, of rock and roll. And that's... Um, That is a particular historical (laughs) narration.
1: That is history.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is history. Um, That we can uh, tell a different narrative. Yes. Um, Which this does. This tells a different narrative. So that was cool. But then I was like, okay, but it's still... (laughs) two white ladies collecting all of these predominantly black musicians and then sampling their yes. work and saving the world. Yeah. Um, so I have questions about appropriation. Mm-hmm. And, um,
1: I did learn, um, fun fact, um, uh, Bridget Lundy Payne is non-binary. Yeah, so I did the, see that. Uh, Billy. They, s-
0: they, their pronouns. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't think that is that is attached to the character of Billy.
0: Well, they do refer to Billy as um, his daughter. Yes. So it doesn't seem like they're going with a non-binary character where mm-hmm. they would say child. Yeah. Usually. Um, yeah, so, so there are...
1: There's complications, there but things, yes. There no, I, I absolutely see what you're saying, though, of of the story of the music.
0: Well, and sampling is such a critical component to hip-hop. yes. Um and there's been so much strife around copyright mm-hmm. and like sampling. Um am I making that up? No, no, not yeah, at there all. Has yeah, been, there's like, there's strife. been
1: lots of strife. Like it's Yeah. Um yeah, no, a a significant arguably like all of the core of hip hop was birthed out of sampling and then rapping over uh dance breaks in other songs and creating new music through that and looping. And, like, you look at um, Grandmaster Flash, like, all he did was remix music. Now, he did it literally on the fly on three turntables in ways that were unbelievably complex to the point that it was new music. Yeah. But he did it with existing music that belonged to other people in our current copyright system. And that becomes difficult.
0: Right. So it becomes different when white artists are sampling. Yes. From black artists. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's an interesting um conversation. Yeah. As with everything. It's complicated. It's complicated. I don't know to what extent I mean, uh that that they in making the songs they actually did sample from artists we have like Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. and Louis Armstrong. I think it sounded Mozart-y. Well, um, so the,
1: the one that Mozart was playing when they picked Mozart up was an, uh, is oh, a yeah. Mozart. Oh, yeah, like, I know yeah, that, yeah one. that one I got. Um, that was a fun scene. <laughs> Jimi That's... Hendrix jamming with Mozart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's some yes. moments of those playfulness that I, I feel like I really enjoy. That was one of those.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's, that, that, there's some... that would
0: be interesting. Um, to know about the music,
1: yeah, I just, just I don't know anything about it, so it's it's a and it's interesting because for two movies that the previously were about music in a sense of like writing the the greatest song of history weren't actually about music much. That's right. This one was more, at least, about music.
0: Well, and it goes, uh, it was going to be a rock song because that's what Bill and Ted were into. Yeah the hair bands of the eighties and, uh, does that,
1: that, that period of music, of yeah.
0: the electric guitars. I don't know much about <laughs> music. I don't either. <laughs> so I don't, but you know, that's rock music comes from roots and black music. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of calls. Yes. circle Here. Yeah. Which I don't think like was any on anyone's, uh, on any of these creators' bandwidths, <laughs> it in certainly the, like, wasn't the late in the first one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't
1: expect that to be true at all. Yeah. I think
0: they were just taking. Yeah.
1: yeah, I follow one of the writers on Twitter, and and he doesn't discuss that specifically, but it wouldn't surprise me if he is intentionally more aware of that and and made some of these deliberate choices to better mm. deal with that history and that complications. Um, well, I think even like. At the beginning of Face the Music, when Bill and Ted are are playing the theremin and doing throat singing, Mm -hmm. like, I think part of that is an acknowledgement that music is more than rock music, and that even Bill and Ted have come to realize that. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying every possible avenue, and they have broadened themselves in this search to not be limited.
0: Although it is still, like... Grabbing, plucking all oh, the yeah. historical f- yeah, no. We're going to take a little <laughs> ceremony, We're going to take some throat singing. We're going to take this yeah, kind of got, music. We got a
1: gong on the back of the stage. Uh, put it all together. And hopefully we get the greatest song of all time.
0: <laughs> yeah. course, uh, the African drummer just really bothered me. Um, be, it reminded me of Genghis Khan in the first one. Yeah. Caveman. <laughs> Um so this is the only black woman mm-hmm. in in the care in the in the film, um, and she's the greatest drummer of all time. This one is made up because it's from eleven thousand. Yes. It is a BCE. prehistoric person. But okay, but prehistoric doesn't mean caveman.
1: I I know, I know, I know you know that. <laughs> I just want to tell
0: them that We were fully human (laughs) in 11,000 BCE. We were not cavemen. We've been around for 100,000 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Just because we didn't have written language to write history with, or, I mean, there was, I say prehistoric, there was probably oral histories back then that are lost, so prehistoric to us not necessarily prehistoric to the people who were then and were fully human, yeah. <laughs> were not cave they people. They were not
0: cave people. So like, ah. but close. It, it close. In the first one, Genghis Khan uh, was played so much as, as like a cave yes. person performance, and it was the only person of color in yes. the figures that they pulled from history. And that does, doesn't work on any level like one of the greatest military minds of all Mm -hmm. time who's only uh what a thousand years in the past
1: roughly yeah Um, i think yeah that's that's recent history that's (laughs)
0: recent history and that was um
1: yes i think i think that leads into something that's really interesting i noticed in all three films um with very little exception none of the characters who don't speak English speak English, mm-hmm. which I think is a really interesting creative choice that is tricky to write around. Sometimes I don't know if Freud spoke English or not. He does in the film, but that's like, I, do, I just don't know that history of, of whether or not he spoke English or not, or if he was only writing in German or Austrian or whatever language he originally spoke. Cause he's from Austria, right?
0: yeah austrian is not a language cool. they speak german
1: I, I, that's what i said first <laughs> i started with german <laughs> um but you have genghis khan you have joan of arc you have napoleon in the first one all of whom sophocles. yeah sophocles all of whom speak their mm-hmm. language and mm-hmm. i can't speak to the veracity of the language or what they were actually saying because i don't know but almost entirely they were also not subtitled. There was yeah. like one scene where Napoleon gets a subtitle that is just funny because it's just him going mad, 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 mad <laughs> when he's bowling yeah. and he doesn't succeed. Um, and that followed through in the later films. And I think that was something that was really interesting because you had um, in particular station, the greatest scientist in the universe who is two small aliens, except for when they're also one large alien, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, who speaks a language that is incomprehensible to all of us. Yeah. Um, but I think there is something to be said for Bill and Ted's open-hearted generosity and pure wholesomeness.
0: It doesn't occur to them that they can't communicate with people who don't speak
1: their yes, language. Yes, but not in a...
0: Uh, not in a, like, a snobby...
1: Not an entitled oh, way, yeah. but entitled, just like, hey, you're people, we're people. Like, hey, quote some lyrics to Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> we're just dust in the wind. And and we see a little bit of that, I think, with um, Billy and Thea, as well as they're collecting their historical figures, or their people from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate that the movie... A, was willing to do that, and B, didn't feel the need to subtitle that dialogue Mm -hmm. um, and allowed the actors to communicate as they needed without subtitles. (laughs) Um, I think that was something neat that all of them did.
0: Was. I also had to look up Kid Cudi because I at first didn't know if he was also a made up one, and then <laughs> I learned about Kid Cudi. And I was like, oh, I feel like I should know. I don't know enough about, about Kid
1: Cudi. I know it was a big deal when he got tapped for this film. Like that was a like they, they were announcing that very early on. Like, hey, we got Kid Cudi in this, and I was like, cool. I kind of know who he is.
0: He's been quite influential. I would believe I'd been that. around since two thousand eight.
1: Yeah, Um, I would, I would believe he's one of history's greatest musicians alongside.
0: He just hasn't had the, the commercial success Mm -hmm. that. um...
1: Well, to be fair, Mozart's (laughs) had a lot of time to to build up that commercial success. (laughs) And Hendrix. (laughs) They got a head start.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah. so I I learned. Yeah. Something new. And he
1: apparently knows a lot about quantum physics. (laughs)
0: More than I do. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I don't I don't know anything. So <laughs> it's not hard to know more more than I do. Uh, so one of the other things that I appreciated about Face the Music is that it was a nice synthesis of the plots of the previous two. Yes. In both collecting the historical figures and going to hell and talking to death mm-hmm. um, without uh, falling into the trap. And I, I don't think really the second or third one fall in the trap where they're hitting the exact same plot points yes. of the first film, which is what happens in sequels and trilogies yes. a lot.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's... A, I mean, I, the, the kind of example that comes to mind is um, the Jackie Chan-Owen Wilson comedy films Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Um, or also Jackie Chan um, Rush Hour, like the three Rush Hour films.
0: Or even... Star Wars...
1: Well, yeah, Star Wars uh, 4 and Star Wars 7. No. Yeah, okay. A wait. New Hope and...
0: Gosh, what was it called?
1: Force or Awakens. Force I got Awakens. Yeah. Okay. Force Awakens and A New Hope are the same movie.
0: They have the same plot points. Yes. There's a gifted figure who is a savant at the Force, discovered, mm-hmm. undiscovered. Yeah. yeah. They, it's exact...
1: It's the same story. Um, and... and structurally identical in a way that is kind of boring.
0: Yeah. So then you know what to expect. And
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that was one of the things that it's when I was, when I was looking at um, bogus journey, I saw that it's rotten tomato score was like 53 as opposed to excellent adventures, like 87. So like, that's a pretty significant jump. I think part of that, and that's looking at, I'm sure historical reviews as well, mm-hmm. is that they are such a departure from each other. They're not the same movie. Like, you're not getting the same story beats. It is unexpected, like, to kill off your protagonists in the first 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> so being willing to do that is nice. And, and being able to reference those things and call back to those things, but in interesting new ways that are not just the same again.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I actually enjoyed the second one more than the first one, and I'm not entirely sure why. I do think it has more to do with I knew more about the first one, mm-hmm. um, and I had seen more scenes from sure. it. Um, but also, in each iteration, the budget gets bigger, the film technology gets better. Mm-hmm. And I just don't react well with the older I know. films.
1: <laughs> Old special so, effects do not work on you.
0: <laughs> I respect it, but uh, it's less fun. Uh, I think it was also Death by William. Yeah, Sadler's
1: he's great. He it. is so good at that role. Um, I will tell you that was a um, a mess with my mind moment when I was in grad, not grad school, undergrad, and I was in a film and philosophy class. And we watched the seventh seal for the first time. You were like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> because that is, that is a, the reference that the character is making is to the seventh seal and the, you know, playing death at chess.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, and death is made up in similar. Oh yeah. Similar. Lore. No, he's
1: like, he's, yeah. he's based on that just depiction yeah. from the uh, Ingmar Bergman. And
0: film. that's a kind of sophisticated deep cut that, I wouldn't expect.
1: Yeah. From <laughs> from a movie these films. called Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's it's smarter than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so are Bill and Ted, for what it's worth. They are simple. They are not ignorant or not stupid. Not stupid. <laughs> they are straightforward. <laughs> how I think of that. Well, yeah. they
0: don't cheat on their games to, to no, win with they death. they just beat death. They, they just, just win. They just beat, beat death. Who's um, <laughs> kind of a sore loser. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clearly. It's kind of a bit of a sore loser. Best
1: five out of seven.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's... Um, I think that was most of, yeah. of the comments...
1: Um, I didn't actually write comments in the first two because I just I, I know them well enough that I could just think about it and be like,
0: yeah. So what was your footnote about the first one in your thesis? Well, so my
1: thesis was about um, the trial of Joan of Arc and adapting that for the stage. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I did in my thesis was sort of track the historical narrative, not to the extent that you did as a historian in your work, of Joan of Arc and how she has been shaped by popular culture and... We have a lot of myths of her that are based on other depictions of her rather than what I did with my adaptation, which is literally go to the source text Mm -hmm. um, or a translation thereof.
0: The transcript.
1: The transcript of her trial and use that as the core document for the text of the play I wrote. Um, And so I was referencing how Joan of Arc has appeared in lots of different things up to and including Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) Um, That was the footnote. Uh (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay, she appeared.
1: Yes, she was in this movie, and then I had to cite Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
0: <laughs> I knew that. I just don't. I don't remember things very yeah. well.
1: <laughs> so, yes, that was my Joan of Arc footnote. Um, I would say that the character of Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is definitely strongly influenced by the passion of Jean d'Arc. The mm-hmm
0: the french film from in black and white i think it's, it's danish a, danish okay
1: yeah by it's
0: in the criterion collection yeah
1: Karl Dreyer. um with i don't remember the actress's name but she's very famous you've seen you've seen her looking up at the camera and sad and crying
0: it's, yeah it's one of the you've you've seen the clips
1: yeah it's a fantastic film like it's it's a silent feature that was actually based on the transcripts. Like it also pulls from the transcripts of, of her trial, um, in the same way. But the depiction of Joan in this has become a replacement in a lot of ways for the original.
0: Just what happens with adaptations is. Of, of historical figures.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I haven't actually read St. Joan by Shaw. But I feel like I feel like there is some there too. Um, although when Shaw writes about a historical character, he doesn't care about historical accuracy at all. He's making a different point.
0: Well, you don't have
1: to. No, you know it's you don't have not... to. But but that is that is sort of his thing. He's not writing to be historical. He's no, writing so to make great. a big point. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The adaptation adaptation of uh, of history for performance and for fictional things Mm -hmm. is a whole different yes
1: there's there's,
0: a whole different discussion and you can argue uh in bill and ted they're uh they are taking the popular understandings of these
1: yes they don't they don't particularly complicate any of that
0: um rather than
1: yeah the depiction of billy the kid in the wild west is exactly what you expect from watching you know 50 years of western films from hollywood that have nothing to do with actual Life in the West. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, it was it was fun. Like it's not going to shake the world, but uh, it's it's a good movie. They did a good job with it. I'm real happy with um doing it right. You know, taking it seriously.
0: Yeah, you don't come away and going, oh man, these these guys are too old to be doing yeah. this anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the characters are kind of yes. like. <laughs> Y'all need to grow up a little bit, yeah. but um, and I think they get to that point. But um, uh, yeah, it it's still it still reads well. Mm-hmm. It's a now it's a fun trilogy. Yeah, um, to to watch over yeah. three weekends or three decades. Yeah, either way. Of, yeah, however you wanna. I mean,
1: I also think about like how long throughout my life there have been rumors of a Bill and Ted three, um, and the fact they finally did it was very exciting. <laughs>
0: I mean, how long movies have to be in the pipeline yeah. um, to actually.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it went happened. through multiple script revisions and things and, and rewrites and figuring out what do we do. Because this movie's also very different if it comes out 15 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, halfway
1: between now and the last Bell and Ted movie is going to be a very different story.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and I'm glad we got this one. I think it turned out real well.
0: So you can watch, yeah. you can buy all three on places you can buy for, digital things yeah yeah things.
1: itunes has all three for 25 bucks which is yeah. reasonable 35 which is remember. just
0: how we're going to see movies new yeah. releases right now is yeah. paying 30 dollars to see
1: yeah um, if i can i would prefer to buy it rather than rent it which is what i get with these yes to buying to the extent that you can buy any digital product
0: well i mean i would prefer for the new releases and waiting for them to come out <laughs> On Netflix and Amazon yes. uh, later.
1: <laughs> Which is what we're doing for most of the stuff we're watching. We watch, just watch Bird of, uh, Birds yeah. of Prey. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. We're not paying 30 bucks to watch Mulan a few months early.
0: Right. Right. Because we don't actually get the movie theater popcorn. If we got the popcorn <laughs> and the movie tickets, <laughs> then it would be $30. But we and don't get the popcorn. More.
1: It's never the same so, when you make it at home.
0: Yeah. So it's Bill and Ted's. Yeah, Bill I mean, and Ted's.
1: All the Bills and all the Teds.
0: Yeah. that was fun. Many, many of them. Uh, do you want to say something about our Patreon? Yes,
1: we should remember to say things about our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can support us on it. Uh, give us an amount of money per episode, whatever you want. There is an up. You can set a cap if you don't want to give us more than a certain amount of money per month. We don't have a dedicated release schedule, so I can't promise, like, we're going to have one every week or two a week or one every three weeks. It's just when we record them. Um the money is nice buy us a beer or a pizza
0: well it goes for server costs yeah and uh renting and buying movies,
1: movies. and yeah paying for our awesome url we don't actually have a url <laughs> we're just five um which is the one that comes with our podcast <laughs> host um and thank you to
0: those who yeah have, thank you for uh, for support supporting it. us
1: we appreciate it um it's kind of it feels weird to ask uh but if you don't ask they don't they don't do it so if you like our stuff throw us a buck or two uh you can go to com slash five degrees that is our our official website for our patreon uh, you can probably search for five degrees between us on patreon but patreon search is so terrible Aww. Um, they don't make discovery part of their their goal as a platform. They want mm. you to come in with a built-in audience, um, which we don't have. So, uh, Patreon, doesn't, Patreon doesn't care about us. I
0: mean, we do have a built-in <laughs> audience. We have a
1: built-in audience. Yes, we don't have a built-in audience of the size that Patreon wants. Oh no, no, no. <laughs>
0: we have a dedicated few. Yes, and we're glad to have you. And it's you know how exciting. to be dedicated. You can show up, yeah, everyone. whenever now, you yeah. want. Yeah. If you see
1: a movie that sounds interesting, you want to just listen to those episodes. Yeah. Do it. It's fun um all right we did the plug anything else i was supposed to talk about nope Uh, um oh benefits of patreon i should mention that oh yeah yeah um you get extra unedited episodes of the podcast which is to say it's the same episodes but i edit them even less than what you get on the main feed so if you want to hear amy and me talk about a stopwatch or yell at the cat that's how you get that um, and oftentimes when we watch a movie, we pick from a list where I present an any Amy with a list of four or five movies and she has to pick which one we watch mm-hmm. to solve the decision paralysis that we run up against sometimes.
0: Yes, but not for this episode. But not for this
1: one, not for a few others. Sometimes we're just like, I just want to watch this movie. So we watch that movie. Um, so you'll see the movies we didn't pick on those episodes. Um, I could get fancy and release episodes early, but I kind of like just hitting the release button. Um... I don't know if we make like a hundred bucks an episode, I'll give you all early access, (laughs) (laughs) but I like podcasts. Like
0: late released movies that we watch. Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) Old movies. Old movies. Yeah. We're not, we're not exactly busting down the cinema door to talk about new stuff. Uh, Yeah. Cool. That's all the, all the Patreon plugging. I feel like I should do, Um, but mostly just keep listening. We appreciate it. You can, you can put reviews on iTunes or Podbean or whatever. Um, Stitcher. I think you can review podcasts on Stitcher. I don't know. I
0: didn't know that was an option. Yeah. To review.
1: Oh, we're bad at podcast plugging.
0: Yeah, well reviews are hard. Reviews are hard. Any evaluation of any kind. Yes.
1: Um Yeah, thanks for listening. That was Bill and Ted's bogus journey and their excellent adventure, but also the one they faced the music. Say goodnight, Amy.
0: Good night, Amy.